Okay, recording, go. Hello, welcome back to The Bar, our first episode together for semester two. We're back, grab a seat, grab some popcorn, enjoy the show. Uh, Sitting next to me, as usual, is George Dixon. Hello, hello, everyone. It is great to be back. Um, Quite a nerdy thought from me today, but I've been missing podcasting. Not Justin, just missing uh, putting my voice out to all of you. Not not many people have ever told me that they've missed me. (laughs) A little quick plug before we start. We are now on Instagram, officially on Instagram. Not that we were ever unofficially on Instagram, but we're on Instagram. Uh, George, do you have the link? Where, where, yeah. where are we at? Yes. Um, so it's the bar and then two underscores. Yep. Double the fun, double the greatness of our podcast. Yep. So the bar underscore underscore podcast. Okay. The bar underscore underscore podcast. So if you've been wondering what we look like, uh, be prepared to be very underwhelmed when you follow us on Instagram. Um, Georgia, what have you been up to in the little break, the semester break? Um, not much. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of applying to clerkships, which it has been a process. Yeah. If anyone wants to learn more about that, feel free to hit me up between crying sessions. No um, and then on the weekend, I recently went to Byron, actually. Very nice. What were you was, doing in Byron? Oh, just going to the beach, enjoying the scenery, yeah. some sunshine, yeah. defrosting a little bit. Yeah. Um, and just relaxing. That's Very about good. it. Yeah. What about you, Justin? I actually had a uh, quite an interesting little holiday bit. Got away a few times. Went down south a couple of times. Um, went to a beautiful place called Huskisson, mm. just past Jerigong. Near Jarvis Bay? Near Jarvis yeah. Bay, yeah, yeah. I, I sort of I knew about it in my head, but I didn't know about it in my heart, if that, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, I knew that it was a nice place, but absolutely lovely. Spent four days down there. Um, yeah, in one of a couple of trips to the south coast and it wasn't all south. I went west as well, went to the Blue Mountains um, with a few regular listeners to this pod. Not because they're regular listeners, because they're, <laughs> because they're friends. Um, went to a place that I've been like meaning to go to for a while called Lura Pies. Lura Bakehouse, I think it is. <gasps> yes, yeah, I've heard yeah, of yeah, them yeah, for yeah. being some of the best pies ever. Yeah, yeah. So it was an exceptional pie. Oh, actually, it was exceptional pies. I think I got three in the end. <laughs> but, um, what's, what's your favourite type of pie? I got the potato pie, the potato and like a beef potato. It's like a shepherd's pie? Top. Yeah, like shepherd's a shepherd's pie. pie. That's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. From the shepherd. But no, it was just exceptional. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, if you're there, check it out. There's a lolly shop there as well. Although that's not really my thing. I'm not really a lolly person, but oh, you, you, so know, you know me. I'm each, to, each their own. <laughs> if you're a lolly think, person, I'll grow to respect them. I think you find me in the lolly shop, that's for sure. Although, <laughs> a chunky beef pie. Yeah. Love that. Can't go past that. With a lot of tomato sauce. I usually, my friends know me for carrying a bottle of tomato sauce around yeah. with me. Yeah. I've got one in the car at the moment. It's great. You ever need tomato sauce? I've always got one in my wallet. I'm not a big tomato sauce guy. I'm not a big tomato sauce guy, to be honest. Don't tell me you're a barbecue sauce. No, I feel like any. I feel like too much sauce ruins the flavour of the pie. But anyway, we should stop dribbling. Anyway. <laughs> we should stop dribbling because there's a reason that people are listening and you it's, might want to introduce that reason. It's definitely not to hear about what kind of no. pies we like. <laughs> no. We'll start a food podcast elsewhere. But (laughs) if the world hasn't heard enough from us, we do have a very highly esteemed guest on the podcast today with a very exciting and diverse resume that I am, and I'm sure Justin is particularly thrilled to hear about. Mm. She has studied law and economics at Newcastle University and graduated with first class honours. She began her legal career as a clerk at King and Wood Mallison's 
and worked as an associate in the federal court before she became a solicitor at KWM. Since 2015, she's worked in-house at a large ASX-listed multinational company. And in 2018, she founded her very own, very cool company called The Learned Crew. So please welcome to the podcast, Jessie. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Jessie, very good to have you on. Uh, we're definitely growing in the stature of guests that we're getting right up to, right up to you at the moment. Um, but through all of that uh, brilliant resume, the thing that people want to know most is what drink you would be at the bar. Oh, well, look, I uh, had a very good think about this. And, um, of course, classic lawyer, I, I can't decide. <laughs> but uh, I think I'd absolutely be a glass of champagne or maybe even a bottle um, <laughs> because it's my favourite drink and I'm a very bubbly person and it's, it's always a, a bottle of champagne cracked in terms of celebration. So I feel like I'd like mm. to be part of that kind of positive, positive attitude. Um, but I do confess there is actually a cocktail named after my last name, Portis. Oh, yeah. And it's, and it's not because of me, though. It's because of my <laughs> talented sister who actually designed the new Bloody Shiraz gin label. You're kidding. And Whoa. they actually created a cocktail after her, um, which has the Bloody Shiraz gin and banana caramel and some other very weird and wacky ingredients. So I'm totally going to ride on her coattails and say I'd be uh, the Porter's cocktail. That's that's incredible. That has to be the most comprehensive response we've ever gotten to that question. <laughs> have you tried the Porter's, Jesse? I haven't tasted it, yeah. but my parents have bought all the ingredients and we're looking forward to putting together the cocktail we can all when we can all be together. My sister actually lives in Melbourne, so sadly we won't be able to see her for a while. Yeah. Um, but... Rest assured, we'll be trying it. We hope it's Christmas by the time things hopefully uh, calm down in COVID land. Oh, it sounds yum. Is there somewhere we can get a recipe so we can try it out? <laughs> <laughs> I think on the Four Pillars Instagram. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll have a look. While, while we're uh, following Instagram pages, that's another one that you, can, that you guys can put down. No, when we when we ask what drink would you be at the bar, we don't we don't literally mean is there a drink named after your family at the bar. <laughs> and in this case... In this case, uh, in this case, that, that's incredible. Yeah, I'm feeling a challenge coming on. I think one day we should make drinks, cocktails after ourselves, Justin. Yeah. Because well, we have no one making them after us. For We don't have a gin company doing it for us. No, no, and we probably never will. But yeah. um, look, I love that you mentioned uh, that you like to crack open some champagne when you're celebrating, Jesse. because looking through the resume, there seems to be a lot to celebrate um, over the years. Can you give us a little bit of background on your career um, maybe tell us about the roles that you've enjoyed most. Oh, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. Um, look, I think I, I felt very lucky um, in the legal profession and I, um, you know, in terms of the mentors and that I've had and the opportunities that I've had and I think um, that's, you know, certainly one thing that I like to share with students and with the next generation is to say yes to opportunities as they arise. Um, and try and learn as much as you can so that you can really um, enjoy your career. So um, I I've had quite a few different experiences since I since I graduated and indeed when I was actually at law school um, and started, I actually thought I was going to be a criminal prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to put away the bad guys and um, and I certainly, you know, enjoyed mooting and, and doing mock trial at school and... Um, I actually had an amazing opportunity um, with a family friend who 
work at the DPP for just the work experience, like shadowing and, and work experience, um, which was absolutely amazing. And I did that yeah. in my second year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I quickly found out I didn't have the stomach for the criminal photos and the mm. things that, that went on. Um, and so I, I sort of turned my attention to, to corporate law and certainly fell in love with intellectual property. And when I, um, I was very lucky to get a summer clerkship and um, worked in, in IP um, and also um, in some other rotations, but I really fell in love with IP. And from then I thought, yeah, I'll absolutely um, be an IP lawyer. Um, and thankfully, I had a, a graduate position to go to at the, um, at a, a big top tier law firm. Say that's so interesting. I think I'm in my penultimate year at the moment, and something that law students are definitely feeling is the uncertainty of the job market and or not knowing exactly where they want to be. And I think hearing from you and the fact that you've had such a diverse career and found what you loved eventually through trying different things, mm-hmm. that there is a bit of hope for us. Mm. No, ab- absolutely. And I mean, what what we were talking about before before we jumped on is, you know, acknowledging that, yeah, look, it, it is tough out there at the moment. It's a tough economic climate. And, um, you know, things that have happened outside of all of our control and um, but I do want to reassure students and and the next generation that um, you know out, out of these horrible circumstances there can be there can be some silver linings and there's certainly a lot of legal professionals who do really care about the next generation and there are things popping up all the time like if you look on LinkedIn mm. um, there's things that you know encourage law students to come and talk to to lawyers like I know. There's um, quite some prolific people on LinkedIn running panel discussions and there's, you know, virtual career fairs now, there's virtual internships, there's, you know, there's a lot of opportunities that, that you can get into now that will that will help you and you just need to need to look and um, and also can ask for, for help as well. Um, yeah, so look, I um, back to the story. Um, I, uh, <laughs> after I, um, I graduated, I actually ended up... Um, getting a judge's associateship in in the federal court um, because I still couldn't shake that litigation love (laughs) and um, and also I was able to work um, for a judge that specialized in IP and um, that was just such a wonderful experience for my first year out of uni um, fresh-faced law graduate Um, so I I, as I said I postponed my graduate position with the law firm to do this um, 12-month associateship and mm. um, and learned so much um, and was able to watch some incredible cases. Like one of them was um, the gene patenting case for the BRCA1 gene, which um, oh. is the, um, the cancer, breast cancer and ovarian cancer gene wow. um, that I believe um, was Angelina Jolie actually had. Um, and this was a patent case to determine whether or not it was a, a manner of manufacture or something occurring naturally. And it was just so interesting um, in my first two weeks, like being able to um, to listen to that to that evidence and to, to learn so much and have such a wonderful um, front seat, I guess, position to watch advocates at work. Um, then yeah, when I finished that associateship, I went into um, to a, a top tier law firm and. Um, learned an incredible amount and did some fantastic rotations um, in M&A, in IP, where I ultimately settled, and also was so lucky to have a secondment opportunity at mm. RACS, which is the Refugee Advice and Casework Service. Um, in fact, I was listening to one of mm. your previous 
podcast um, about the, the NFP and CLC sector, and I, I did hear that RACS was mentioned there. Um, such an amazing organisation that helps asylum seekers and refugees. Yeah. And um, was really able to, to make a difference in what was quite a tough political environment um, at that time. And, um, yeah, so really learned, learned a lot there. Um, you'll, there's always a thing to my, to my stories and my career is that I, I just took learnings from every single different role that I did and, um, and it really helped, helped with, with that next stage, I feel. Mm. Um, so, yeah, then went, went back to the law firm for a while and um, loved working in IP and working on some amazing matters. Um, but then a job came up at a, um, a top company, an AFX company, which is with a fantastic brand. And um, my bubbly personality did meet the, um, the bubbly requirements of this <laughs> in-house role. And um, it was a fantastic opportunity that I, um, that I couldn't say no to. So jumped across in-house and I've, I've been there for the last five years. Yeah. So something that we don't hear a lot about at university is in-house lawyers and what their actual role is. Could you tell us a bit about, I guess, firstly, how you got into that and then what an in-house lawyer actually does? Yeah, absolutely. So an in-house lawyer is like a GP of the legal world. Oh. Um, mm. They're like a jack or jill of all trades, um, generally speaking. And they're basically a lawyer that's employed by one organisation or one company. So instead of you being a lawyer in private practice where you might have a whole range of different clients in different industries and you've got to, you know, provide legal advice um, to all those different different companies and organisations, when you're in-house, you need to know the company so well and provide that legal advice to basically anything that comes across your desk. So on a typical day, you might be working on a lot of contracts and by the way, contract is a big part of, um, of an in-house role. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you a story about that in a second. <laughs> um, but also, you know, applying for trademarks or reviewing um, television commercials or um, reviewing confidentiality agreements or providing legal advice on a, on a negotiation or on a deal. Maybe you're buying a company. Um, there might be employment law issues, privacy law issues, um, the list goes on. So that's why I like to call it, you know, a GP of the legal world. So you're sort of a, a generalist um, where you have to diagnose everyday issues. But of course, if something super specialised comes up or something where the in-house team may not have the capacity to do, that's when you would lean on your fantastic law firm partners mm. um, where you'd say, oh, hey, you know, I'm doing this big deal, um, but I need to contact XYZ law firm to help us um do the due diligence, for example. And that's where law firms and in-house teams work really, really well together. Yeah, you, you mentioned you had a little story about contracts and now I'm intrigued, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, so contracts is a, is a main part of, um, of the role. And I'm just thinking of a funny story for, yeah. um, for a, an interview that I had um, for, for the in-house role where... You know, I, I'd come from a sort of litigation background, an IP background, and really I hadn't picked up many contracts at all. And in my interview, the general counsel said, um, so tell me, like, I mean, you'll be doing a lot of contract law work if you, if you get this job. Tell me, what kind of clauses would you look for in a typical contract? And <laughs> I just... I totally went blank. I, I didn't really like contract law at school. Yeah. At, at mm. law school. And um, 
I didn't even think, you know, oh, termination clause, like warranties and death. I, I couldn't even think. And I just blurted out, um, I'm a really fast learner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think there's a better response to any question. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I got the job and I am now a contract lawyer. Like that is my bread and butter work. And, you know, it just goes to show that, willingness to learn um and you know learn on the job and i worked so closely with um with that general counsel with you know printing out contracts a lot of red pen or not red pen purple pen was was her color at the time (laughs) and um and really just sunk my teeth into reviewing contracts and i i actually really enjoy it now (laughs) i I nerdy I think <laughs> a little bit, but we can we can definitely empathise. But I think that's sort of the story of your career, Jesse. I think it's it's kind of a little bit of learn as you go and and take up the opportunity as it comes. Would you recommend that to law students? Because you know, between the secondment and the the stint at the federal court, it's almost like you you had a, a foot in every pond at some stage. Well, um, I guess when I look back on it, it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. and. It just seems like it was natural progression and everything that I had done, I just sort of took those learnings and um, just threw myself into it and then and then picked up things as I go. Mm. But at the time, it just, it, obviously I didn't have that path map, truly mapped out, but yeah. I just sort of said yes to opportunities. But absolutely, and, and for law students today, um, that adaptability, the willingness to learn mm. um, and that, that real commitment to... Um, to being flexible and furthering yourself in this ever-changing legal industry, let alone ever-changing world, mm-hmm. um, is really going to put you in good stead. Mm. Well, so speaking about alternative careers, is in-house something that you can do as a grad straight out of uni or is that something you've got to wait to do a little bit later along your career path? Yeah, that's a, it's a really good question. The status quo is that you probably need at least two years PQE experience and often in a law firm before going in-house. Now, that's probably a sweeping generalisation. Now, I know that there are some large organisations like telcos and banks and things like that that do offer graduate programs and I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, but actually, even what five, six years ago when I went in, in-house and I was a two- to three-year lawyer, that was quite rare at the time and quite junior for an in-house role to come up at that kind of level. But now you um, you do see it quite often, although I'm not sure whether with COVID how that's going to impact. But um, I'm very passionate about about in-house and about the opportunities and I think the, the options that law grads should have when, when coming straight out of, out of uni. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm passionate about making sure that we actually do offer those kinds of opportunities and provide the right training and support to allow young lawyers and law students to get in-house experience. But currently, it's not super common yep. to, see, mm. to see graduate roles. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something I'm trying to research other opportunities at the moment, and it's very hard to find out information. But I think this leads on to the next section of what we wanted to talk yeah. to you about, which was your business, The Learned Crew. Could you tell us a bit about what that is and how you're striving to give more information to students about in-house roles? Yeah, thank you. So um, the Learned Crew, or TLC for short, and yes, that was a um, you know uh, a deliberate 
acronym, I guess, <laughs> um, but which is to, you know, to give a bit of tender love and care to, um, to the law students and next generation. We appreciate it. Crew, um, I started 18 months ago and it's a legal training business designed to prepare the next generation of lawyers for the real world of law and to bridge the gap between the theory and practice of law in, in this ever-changing legal industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, it has had a particular focus on, on in-house, but really, um, my, I love law students and I absolutely know what it's like to be, to study law. It can be a tough, a tough degree, um, to do and it can also be a tough industry in terms of, um, competitiveness and just, um, the sheer amount of information that, um, that you need to know about the industry that may not necessarily be, be super clear. And my business is just designed to break down those barriers and provide education, training, um, blog posts, resources, online courses, and also opportunities to law students and young lawyers um, to allow you guys to to thrive and also to find your um, your career and your passion. So um, I and, and in the in-house space, um, I've been um, very lucky to work with the ACC, which is the Association of Corporate Counsel, who are a membership body for in-house lawyers. Um, to create the very first in-house clerkship program because one thing I've always been passionate about is um, is bridging gaps and mm. one gap I saw was, well, law firms have clerkships and they're absolutely amazing and I did one and it was one of the best things I've ever done. Um, but why don't we have them in-house? And I just saw, look, maybe in-house teams may not have necessarily have the time and resources to, to do that even though they'd love to help law students and provide opportunities so um, what we did in partnership with the ACC was create a structured program where we recruit, shortlist and train law students and then place them with awesome companies. And we actually piloted it in 2019 with UTS, which was absolutely amazing um, with, you know, pinch myself clients like the iconic and just incredible company. Oh, wow. yeah. So you said you piloted it last year with UTS. Is it still running this year? How do people get involved? It sounds amazing. What can law students do to get become a part of it? Yeah, so um, we, we did run it this year in 2020, but um, obviously due to COVID, you know, some, some plans had to change. And um, thankfully, a few companies have, have done sort of virtual internships, which has been absolutely amazing. But I'm hoping that in 2021, um, of course, pandemic and, um, and economic climate pending, um, that we're able to, to run this program again. I'm very passionate about it. And um, I think it's really important to create a pipeline of talent where we can encourage, you know, graduates or young lawyers to join in-house perhaps earlier than what it would have been um, if we hadn't sort of created this program. So, look, you can definitely um, have a look at my website. So that's thelearnedcrew.com. I do have a page dedicated to clerkship, so you can read stories about previous students, Mm -hmm. about what the legal teams um, have said about the program and who's been involved. Um, I even had a fun chatbot thing through Parampara. I'm not sure if you guys use Parampara at UTS. It's um, an awesome like chatbot function. Sure. Um, with uh, it's kind of like an interactive information or FAQ mm. session about what the clerkship's about. Um, and of course, if you follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn, um, so on Instagram um, and LinkedIn, it's at the Learned Crew. I'll definitely be putting up updates, um, and hopefully, we can run this 
awesome program again. Great. And it, it doesn't sound like that's the only way you're helping le- uh, law students at the moment. Jesse. we've heard a little bit about some of your uh, short courses, online courses. Can you tell us a bit about that? And feel free to uh, plug it to any potential people that might be interested out there. Thank you. Well, the online courses were actually a pivot, um, yep. which, you know, in, in startup land, I'm learning all these all these new terms. <laughs> but, um, you know, because I thought, well, we can't have people physically in offices and things like that, but I was very conscious of the fact that, um, you know, clerkships were coming up, as um, Georgia, you mentioned, mm. and, um, you know, people might want some things to put on their resume or they might even need help putting a resume together. So a few months ago, I pivoted and um, created some short courses. So one of them is, in fact, an in-house course or in-house kind of virtual internship, and it goes through the basics of what is an in-house lawyer? What are the skills you need? Who's who in Mizzou? Like, what's a general counsel? You know, who's in a typical legal team? Then... You know, who's in a typical company? Like, what does the procurement team do? Um, you know, what does what does the sales and marketing functions do and how do they interact with the legal team? Um, then also, you know, I provide a little inbox task where I give you a typical list of tasks um, with huge variety in terms of what you might get on a typical day in-house and then you've got to prioritise them in order of when you would do them. And, you know, obviously everything's always urgent. So <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a tough exercise. Um, and uh, so that's really just the basics and sort of um, intro to in-house life. And um, we've had um, nearly a hundred students sign up to this course, which was right. just amazing. And I hope I hope more people can can do that. You do get a completion badge for your CV, so um, you can actually put it on your CV that yes, you had this in-house experience, um, which is really cool. And speaking of CVs, the second course that I've created is called the Legal CV Creator Course. And it's like a virtual career mentor for law students and young lawyers to help you put together a career plan, a CV, a cover letter, and a whole lot more. What I was finding is that, because I also offer career mentoring, I love to um, to talk to students and young lawyers and mentor them and, and share whatever, you know, learnings I have. Not that I know everything, by all means I do not, but um, just to share my experiences and to help, you know, be a second pair of eyes on a CV. Mm. But I was finding that, um, you know, especially during this time, it was, it was tough to um, to afford a one-on-one session. And so what I thought I would do was actually sort of codify what I was doing and the kinds of activities and tasks that I would get my clients to do and put that in a short course as well, um, which is which is super low cost. And it basically, it's got about 16 modules and it's all about what are the different types of legal careers you can do, you know, and it's definitely not private practice lawyer or an in-house lawyer. It's, you know, a list of 20 or 30 different roles you can do. Um, and then how to map out your career, what are the stepping stones? Like if you want to be a barrister, these are the steps you need to take or these are the suggestions you need to take to, to become one. Yeah. Um, then through to, you know, what does a good CV look like? And I've got a template there. Um, what does a good cover letter look like? How can you create your own personal brand statement, which is like, you know, your executive summary that you might have at the top of your CV. Um, and it's all very interactive. There's videos. Um, there's it's, it's all interactive. Students can talk to each other, in fact, on the platform as well and, and share ideas. Um, there's interviewing questions, mentoring tips, 
and then um, also resources as well. So there's so many, as I said, right at the start of this um, podcast, is that there's so many lawyers out there that, that want to help um, and they provide resources as well. So, um, yeah, so look, if you're interested, um, they're both on my website as well, so thelearnedcrew.com, and um, you can just go to the online courses section and um, and find them there, and hopefully you guys find them useful. Yeah, great. I mean, it certainly encourages me. Um, it, is it ever too early to join, Jesse? I'm sort of asking for my, <laughs> my own reference here. <laughs> Definitely not. And I think, um, you know, I know you're in your second year and I think we should all be thinking, even from our first year of, of law, if possible. And I'm not saying, if anyone's listening and they're like in their fifth year and they're just thinking about it, do not worry. <laughs> but if you are in your first <laughs> year, I don't think it's ever too early, right? Um, yep. To, to think about your career and to start getting work experience um, and having those those experiences and learnings that you can add to your CV as you go. So absolutely, it's for all levels. Yeah, I think I, it's certainly very encouraging for someone to know that uh, there's good people out there that want to help. And I think... I think we're moving into a system where it's not just about your university education. There's all these little things that you can continually do to, to bolster your CV, but also just bolster your life experience and, um, and you know, who you are as a person. Absolutely. Well, and, then, and it's not just about legal experience either. And, you know, when you go to your first legal job, they're not going to expect that you have worked for five years, five years as a solicitor. Like <laughs> your, your business and your retail experience and your, you know, experience in policy or Justin or whatever yeah. <laughs> it is, every single thing that you do um, has a transferable skill and it's being able to draw that out on your resume and draw those those connections you know, between your, like your customer service ethic, your attention to detail, it might not be in the legal sphere, but it might be in something else, but it's completely a transferable skill. Mm. Mm. It seems like transferable skills are really important yeah. uh, in the job market, particularly as you're saying for people that are coming straight out of uni. 100%. Well, we've got plenty of links, I think, plenty of resources to give to our listeners, Jesse. but it's been fantastic to have you on. Thank you so much. And Good luck with everything that you're doing, particularly with the Learned Crew. We, we want to know more, and I'd say uh, I'll be in the audience of one of those online sessions in not too long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and anyone in their penultimate year next year, yeah. look out for those in-house council clerkship positions through the Learned Crew. They sound very exciting. Well, thank you for coming on, Jesse. We've loved having you. Uh, thank you, Justin, for being the co-host as per usual. Thanks, Georgia. It's been great to catch up quickly. <laughs> I don't know if Jesse enjoyed hearing us chat about pies for so long. <laughs> but uh, I it's... sure was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been great to have you all on and to start this semester off with a bang. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time at the bar.